0: Welcome, 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 everybody to the Grow with Greg podcast. Today's conversation is with the one and only my neighbor, Jordan O'Hara. He is the founder and creator of Sea Coffee, supplying high quality coffee and CBD infused products for the San Diego market and I guess... It's you know e-commerce so worldwide if you want to buy it and ship it all that kind of good stuff. But um, my conversation today with Jordan goes over you know what was one big experience that helped him grow um, from military to starting a company, going back to school, uh, you know the world's economy, nature, how everything is interconnected. It was an amazing conversation that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Strap yourself in, because this is a long one, and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Girl with Greg podcast with Jordan from Wind & Sea Coffee. And we're live. It's happening. Jordan. Hello. What's up? Thanks for having me. Of course. (laughs) I guess let's kind of just start off on uh, who you are and go from there.
1: Well, most people know me as Greg's neighbor. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm known on the street um, Got a good reputation going that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good word for you Street cred is strong um, No, actually, no one knows me as that Besides Craig <laughs> And um, I'm originally from New Mexico uh, Grew up kind of on the mountains In Albuquerque uh, Lived in Oregon Lived in New Zealand for a little bit uh, Was in the military Which kind of Took me around different places and ultimately landed me in san diego and then i've been in san diego for six years now so and for five of them i think i've been greg's neighbor <laughs>
0: and it's been a great five years it's a great
1: five years flew right by
0: yeah you saying it's been five years goes did we know
1: each other for the last five years or yeah, like, I know at that, what point did we know, like that's, start yeah, hanging the out like
0: I don't feel like we've been hanging out for five years. No, I don't think
1: it's been it five years because I I lived in forty seven eighteen the corner unit mm-hmm. uh, with like thirty dudes in a one bedroom, and then we uh, I met my girlfriend who lives literally the next door to me, and then I moved in with her place, and then probably at some point. In, so I've lived with her for probably a little over three years, and so it must have been like around. That, that sounds time. a little bit more. Yeah, I think that like probably. Round three-ish years, I was probably... Oh, I think I probably initially came over to you because I knew you surfed, and I'd, like, just started surfing. Yeah. So I was like, hey! That was definitely the first interaction. My, hey, my man, more I, broken, I, got, hey. I got a question here. Can you help me out? I was like, oh, sweet, hell yeah. <laughs> I, I like to identify which neighbors would be the most useful to me, and then...
0: <laughs> Especially in this pending apocalypse yeah, that's happening. You gotta you know... know who, um so
1: no it's funny actually that that's like a thing I was listening to some guy uh talk about that and it's like there's this like conception that like you know like with all the doomsday prepping and the people who are like super into doomsday prepping it's like survival's all about bunkers and like holing up and s- stockpiling supplies and stuff like that and this other guy was saying he's like honestly it's about like it's not about having all the things it's about like being perfectly plugged into a network of things you know what I mean it's like oh my brother's a doctor yeah. my you know so and so is really good at uh, cooking or like gardening it's mm-hmm. like so rather like there's, there's this idea because I think it's like an American thing that we're all like very individualistic you know self-reliance reliance on self and that's like a good thing to an extent but it also sometimes comes at the uh Detriment of community yeah. and like remembering that you are just like a piece in a big functioning like ecosystem. So rather than stockpiling toilet paper or some of those, you know, how how many rounds of ammunition? Be like, which neighbors can I uh, help out today, yeah. so that when I'm sick or so and so's having this issue, then you have a safety net of people. I thought it was, like, an interesting perspective on it just because, you know, I would consider myself to an extent, like, a Doomsday prepper, Yeah. but, like, that that perspective made a lot of sense, you know?
0: Yeah, plugging you into a community that can support more than just, like, the few skills that you're gonna be really good at right right
1: because yeah. at some point you're gonna run like you're gonna reach your limit of fucking beans or your yeah. limit of your knowledge, knowledge. is gonna
0: run out your food supply is gonna run out and whatever. then what are you
1: gonna do go yeah. murder your neighbors and take their shit oh that's what you do <laughs> never mind depending <laughs> on who you're talking to that might I never be their thought actual about it. that's what ammunition's for <laughs> it makes perfect sense now
0: um, we are not condoning or um, encouraging that activity whatsoever. No, no I am. If, it, <laughs> if Uncle Sam is listening, <laughs> it was Jordan. Uh, <laughs> 4718,
1: Jewel. <laughs> um,
0: well, hey, let's, uh, I've been like we were pre talking about experimenting and trying some new conversations, starters for this podcast. Yeah. Um, so,
1: what has been one experience that you have had that you've grown from? So probably the hardest experience in my life that I would say I've grown from um, was I I entered the military to uh, work in special operations. Specifically, I wanted to be a, a SEAL, Navy SEAL, and that's like the Naval Maritime Special Operations Unit. And uh, I was in college at the time, I was living in Oregon, I was about a sophomore, and my de- my degree was in finance, so I was like getting to the point now where you're like, okay, well, you got to start looking for jobs, or like thinking about what you want to do, so I uh, go into these career fairs, and I'm seeing all these jobs, and it's just nothing, it's, it's you know, it's working for Umpqua Bank, or Bank of America, or a lot of these like very corporate jobs and i was like just not feeling it i felt like i uh like i had a lot more like physical energy and being you know uh how old are you when you graduate 21 like 21 years old that i didn't want to uh like just spend the next 40 years behind a desk you know like that that seemed like a just kind of a, a waste of one of my biggest talents which is being a physical person, physically gifted person. So um, started looking at what my other options were, got into the Navy, that was the SEAL program is what I was gonna do. So I joined the military specifically for that um, job. And it was like a two and a half year process. No, it was about a three year process between deciding that this is what I was gonna do. And then, I mean, I had never ran uh, you know, more than a mile. I never swam more than 50 meters at one time. Like I, could, I physically could not swim down the length of the pool and back without like stopping to stand up on the bottom and be like, "Holy shit!" Like, how does anyone swim? Yeah. Um. So you know, from going from that point to the point where I got my seal contract, I got like, well, you know, I joined the military. I screened for the program. I went through the special operations boot camp. Went to buds prep back down to San Diego. So it was like a full, like that whole process was probably three and a half years of this thing that you're like soul focused towards. And I'm getting into the hard part, like where, where I've grown, but kind of the, what was different about this goal from other things that I had strove for in my life was, um, this one felt, Like it was, it was super all encompassing. Like it really, really required like a hundred percent of your attention and focus and effort and, and stuff like that. So very much enjoyed it, like felt super fulfilled with a purpose. And, uh, I'm finally here in San Diego, you know, if anyone's familiar with the, with the buds program, which is what the SEAL training is called, you know, it's, it's, it's super physical. It's like a very, uh, grueling kind of grind that I would say any one day of buds is very difficult for like even just, you know, a fit person, but it's doable. But really, the challenge is sort of the like, you're yeah, dude, it just does not stop. It's like it's like go, you know, go be a doctor for a day work a 12 hour day. It's like that's not a bad deal. But like work six days a week, 12 to 14 hour days, you know, like it, it just takes its toll. So but still, it was like you'd start this morning, just like how the fuck am I gonna get through this day? And then 7 p.m. would come around and you get cut for like evening chow and you're like, I somehow made it through this day. Like I you know, let's just you just take it kind of one day at a time. Um ultimately I didn't make it through the program. I um uh I failed out. Like I I said the words I quit, but that's like it's not it's weird, man. There gets there's like a lot of like um, oversimplification. How many podcasts have you ever heard of somebody who isn't a Navy SEAL? You know what I mean? Like you only hear about the guys who are famous for being seals or whatever the case is, and so you get this. I think it it kind of skewer skews the perspective, and and allows there to be these like taglines like it's all mental. Like just don't quit. Just to, you know, there's all these like. Uh, like phrases and idioms that, you know, fit on a bumper sticker. But when you're actually like there and you're going through it, like you see that, like, there are so many fucking reasons guys don't get through. It is like such a there's so it's a very it's a hugely complex process. There's uh injury, illness, peer pressure, uh peer evals. Um, luck of the draw, dude, bad events, bad days. And, and you know, to an extent, like, those are excuses, but just this idea, like, every time I fucking hear someone, who's like, it's all mental, just don't quit. It's like, dude, I've watched plenty of people not quit and not make it through the program yeah. because, like, it's, it's not just about not quitting, especially on, like, team, the team evolutions that you're doing. You have to perform as well. You know, it's like, just like being, like, a professional athlete. Like, do you think everyone on the Baltimore Ravens just didn't quit? Like... No, dude, they didn't quit, and they fucking performed, like, yeah. you, you know. And they worked well with the team. And they worked and, with the team. They, like, and, they know, and they were probably good with politics. The coach, you know, wasn't, you know, if a coach has it out for you, or if someone, like, has, you know, you know. Say one thing
0: wrong and piss the wrong person piss off. the wrong person
1: off, like. Yeah. You know, so uh I mean,
0: people can understand that just normally yeah, normal yeah. corporate politics and stuff Absolutely. like that. Like tearing down the fucking hallway. You're Absolutely, just like Absolutely, dude. Getting to really? that like
1: upper like VP management and stuff like that, like so political. It's not just about like whose numbers who's putting up the numbers. You like, performed good yeah. every time. Yeah, or like just stay with the company, you'll be V P like no, that's not how yeah. that shit works. Yeah. And and so it sounds nice and it's like you know, it makes it seem like oh everyone can do it. So just try hard and like but it's just like it's it's just more complicated than that.
0: Well, yeah, and then I I think I have a, a couple of buddies that three times too yeah I mean, oh like, absolutely and every single time it was for like a completely different a thing. different like thing totally they had rhabdo one time like absolutely they like, like tore their acl another absolutely. time and then the like third time was well dude you,
1: like... you can get run out so the, the actual evolution that i was in it, it was all the all the individual stuff i would you know to kind of walk back what i'm saying most 90 percent of the individual events uh you really can just not quit like a run like you come in very dead last like they might you could still get performance drop like it doesn't mean you're gonna make it through but like individual events like that like maybe just not saying the words that's enough but in these team evolutions it's it's just different so i was in a boat crew and we we're uh doing land portage which is like uh it's like a three mile soft sand run with the boats on your head boats on head is like hands down the worst fucking thing
0: Wait, wait, even worse than like what you see on TV with like the telephone pole and everybody doing like sit-ups in the shore. Yeah, so
1: I, logs and boats are the two worst events, hands down. But I, but the boats are, so after a couple, like within five classes of our class, they changed how the boats were being done because it was like, it was just kill. it was like injuring guys terribly. Right it was like, it was so, just really destructive because you're doing like these sprinting races and you know you're you're running on these tiny inflatable boats, so you don't have a lot of like gate room for your, yeah, your gate, actually running. to be running like and stuff a fast like that. Shuffle. And uh, you know as the class you kind of start out, you coheave with like your group of guys. You know everything's done by height, so you kind of like all right, you know this is my place in line. Like these are the people that I'm going to usually be in boat crews with and whatnot. And then as classes, as the class starts dwindling down, those boat crews shift. And yeah, it starts getting wonky. And uh, there's also dynamics between officers and enlisted. Enlisted kind of go to boot camp together and they're all together and cohesive. Then you get these officers and you've never met them before and they've kind of congealed. And now they're in charge of each different boat crew. You know, I have a boat crew leader and there's politics involved with that too. But so I get in this boat crew and it was five officers, me and another enlisted guy. And Yeah, all five of the officers had been ranking in, like, the top ten of the class for the four-mile time run on the beach, and they were all, like, pretty much the same height, but I guess they had kind of, like, stacked, quote-unquote, what they call stacking the boat crews. Because if you've ever heard the saying like it pays to be a winner mm-hmm. you know so the way that they incentivize winning and always kind of trying is that like if you get first maybe you'll get a break if you get second there's gonna be some punishment but it's not as bad as the punishment for third place or fourth place so it pays to be a winner so we'd start this this boat crew or this, this land portage race and these guys that were like top runners in the class were like we're going to win this, this race. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. you know, and so the speed at which they were running this, or we were all running this at this point was like too fast. Like I could not physically keep up with this boat. So you start tripping up, falling out, draws over all the instructors. They throw you under the the two-spot, which is, like, the heaviest part of the boat where it sags, and then they just start, like, cr- crushing you. Oh. And your, and your ide- the, the idea, what they're trying to make you do is, is, like, you know, put out more or, you know, or what they're trying to make you do is your boat crew. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're applying pressure, so the idea is to get you out. But the other way of handling it is your boat crew absorb it together and be like, hey, we'll take the beating, like, you know, you're a good dude, whatever the case is. But um, you know, there's a lot of fucking alpha male competitiveness. You Weird. Know. Yeah. Could you imagine signing That's up super, for the seals? Super <laughs> unusual. Um, and so yeah, I mean, these dudes were there to win, and they didn't give a fuck who <laughs> who the casualties were. Yeah. So you know, you're running, you, you fall out, and and uh, you know, I just I kind of got run out of my boat crew. Um, that kind of cascades, and oh, sorry. That kind of cascades into like the next couple years of my life getting back into a special operations program and that was really where the growth to really long-winded answer to your question but that's what a podcast is for right (laughs) yeah there's no timeline here but but that's really why why i felt it was like such a uh growing experience the buds itself but it was mostly the failure i think it was it was putting 100% of myself into a goal, which as a 21-year-old kid, like that's the first time that's ever happened to me, that you've had something that you've actually like cared about, that you were like willing to die for, willing to like truly, I mean, maybe sort of like having a child, like I I don't know how you could even feel that way, you know, there's not a lot of things, and then to fuck it up so royally and not make it, you know, fall short of that dream, what do you do? And the growth came for me in just putting one foot in front of the other after that. And OK, what's next? Like what's you know, how am I going to get back? What's this next job? What's the next thing that I'm going to be doing? Because crying about yesterday's like not an option anymore. And I was super depressed. It was like, I mean, you go in this holding period sort of like after while you're reclassifying for jobs. And, I mean, dude, I was, like, 10 a.m. drinking Fireball in a hot tub, just, like, waiting. You know, like, what is going Wait, on? Wait, what? Yes, dude. <laughs> yes. Come <laughs>
0: like, out. Like, uh, like, so far, the way that I've envisioned everything is, like, you're on Coronado, you're on North Island, like, you're doing all that. But, where? okay, where's the hot tub and the Fireball come from? North Island.
1: North, really? Yeah, yeah. Because no, like, you go into, like, these, like, you know, like, barracks kind of, yeah. you know, uh, And, um, yeah, at North Island, there's some, like, nicer little, like, apartment-type-style thing. They have, like, communal hot tubs. But you you just do, like, fuck-off work in the morning, like, rake leaves for, like, two hours while you, like, reclassify for jobs. And, you know, orders get cut. You have waiting periods. So, yeah, I mean, you're just, like, you don't have a job. You don't have a purpose. You're fucking physically broken because you've just been however many days yeah dude it's like fucking yeah. three weeks through buds yeah I mean my hip were fucked. I had no hair right here on the top of my head completely fucking worn off from it was just the like, boat from the boat rubbing yeah. on there it, uh, just like a full on scab the scab was coming up through my hair like uh, I'd pull was, up yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah it had yeah, like a yeah. holes in it and then, uh I mean my fucking a i had the they call the grinder reminder, where like your ass crack is just like a giant scab from doing sit ups on the ground and sand chafe everywhere, so yeah, I mean, you're just sort of existing like this, and you find look for solace at the bottom of a fucking whiskey bottle, and um yeah, so going from there and then so what was like the the next step for you the what what was okay
0: so like the growth opportunity was hitting rock bottom. And then figuring out like, hey, I got to keep putting one foot in front of the other, so then what was the first step
1: out yeah, so first step out, I guess was once I kind of like my body like physically was repaired to an extent because like you're you're fully going on to like on like adrenaline for all that after after you stop going for like three or four days, that's when everything starts oh, like sinking in, yeah, and you're just like in excruciating pain. Um, but, uh, so going from there, it was like, once your, once your body kind of healed up and you're at this new job, which was essentially, I was like a, a bosun's mate. I was like a fucking deckhand on a, on a ship. And, um, I think the first thing for me was like, I just have to keep doing what I've been doing. I don't know how to do anything else. So I'm, I'm running, I'm swimming, I'm doing my time shit as though I was still in a program because I didn't know how to not do that. Um, so I started doing that. And then a lot of people when they go to the fleet, which is like the worst fucking thing you could possibly do if you come in from from a special operations community and then you, like now you're at the fleet. Um, the fleet hates you because they get so many guys that, you know, they think that they're. Better than everybody, they find, you know, there's this, like, elite, you know, your elite elitism. special forces, elitism, you know? And so a lot of those guys that, you know, they'll go to the fleet, and they're just, like, it's so beneath them, you know? And the work is shit, dude. I mean, you're literally, you're, like, swabbing the poop deck, fucking painting, you know, you're going out to sea, you're deploying, you're doing all this shit. It's, it's, and it's just, like, it's not the job you thought you were going into. And so you get you go there and already people like uh they they like oh, this fucking guy thinks he's better than everybody so you get shit on now by like you're even harder cuz you think you're so much better than everybody right and and some of that is kind of uh rightfully like that shit is rightfully applied because Guys will be like, oh, I don't need to fucking paint. Like, I don't need to do this. Like, I, you know, I, I was going to be uh, this. I was going to be that. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, but you didn't. Was like, going to be. Yeah, was going to be. You're yeah. not. You're fucking nothing right now. So shut the fuck up and go paint yeah. Like you, like you're being told to. And so I kind of, I saw... Both attitudes. I saw the people that were just like, "I'm just not going to get out of my rack today because what are you going to do about it? Kick me out of the Navy? Great. I, I hate this place. Let me go." And the other side of it was, you know what? I do think that I'm better than everybody in the Navy, and let me show you why. Because you want me to paint this wall, I'll paint all four walls in the time that you think. I'll, you know, let me prove to you why. I should be back in one of those programs. Why that was the correct place for me and not be a bitter asshole about it. Like, you know, some people can can do. Um, So that was kind of, kind of the step two. One was just kind of keep doing what you're doing. Like just training your body. Step two was let me show the people who have the authority over you that you're not a turd and that you actually like do deserve to be in, in something better than, you know, swabbing the fucking deck, painting, metal painting, boats. yeah, painting metal boats, haze grain underway. And so I, um, and, and actually that kind of helped because you need anything in the Navy. Like it's not this idea like, oh, if you just want to do it, you can do it. Like it's so political too. It's bureaucratic, a lot of paperwork, so much paperwork. You got to get change orders. You got to hit a certain time and all of that can be made easier or more difficult by how well your chain of command facilitates it. So if they don't like you, (laughs) good luck, good luck, dude. Good luck getting vacation. Like, good luck going on leave, you know what I mean? But if you show yourself as a good dude, you know, people will look out for you and they'll do. So that was, um, I'd say, a lesson in itself in that, like, you know, Show people why you think you're better than them. <laughs> you know, don't just go around pouting and and whining about how you deserve something better than what you have. Um, so that was that was beneficial. And then it was figuring out what. Okay, why did I want to be a seal? What was the point? What was was it? Because you wanted to have these four letters after your name in an email, or because you wanted a, this one shiny pin, or you know, what was the reasoning? And the reasoning for me was I wanted, uh, the job itself was just the coolest thing I could possibly imagine. Like it was, that was what I wanted to do. That was how I wanted to serve my country. That's what I wanted to do. So knowing that it was, it kind of opened up my horizon in that there there are other special operations programs besides the SEAL program and um, you know, let's, just don't be so pigeonholed into this one idea mm-hmm. and uh, then i kind of discovered uh other this other route as like a as a corpsman a, a medic like a special operations medic and so that was kind of i just spent the next you know couple of years training up screening uh going through different schools um going to a different command uh like a marine special operations command uh at camp pendleton and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt good kind of pulling myself out of that hole and, you know, I got injured and there's there's more ups and downs kind of to and from. I think that's just part of life. But I still look back because like that's a common kind of like question or just like, you know, like, what is a big challenge? What, and I think that's that was the lesson going forward is, is just figuring out how to pull yourself out of a huge failure. And, and turning it into just a milestone on your, in your life journey.
0: Yeah. Kind of <clears throat> circling back into a lot of people in a weird place right now. Totally. With the coronavirus and totally. so many people laid off and so many people out of a job or their jobs have dramatically altered. And it's that idea of you've had a setback. And now what's the next step to move forward? Because yeah. you can either fall to the wayside, fail out, wash up, you know, whatever. Or you can, you know, find that activity that gets you to one step in front of the other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the other reason why I have you sitting across from me, besides you being my neighbor and human awesome <laughs> <of> being, <clears throat> is uh this great coffee that i had a few months back and mm-hmm. that i was uh pretty well um caffeinated from and um also i felt a little extra funny from it which you thought was weird <laughs> but uh, i'm also a highly sensitive person when it comes to ingesting things so uh tell me a little bit more about this here uh this pelican brand uh d- Uh, items we have here. You're very
1: sensitive and that's why why I like to just take it easy. I don't want to make you cry. Um, So (laughs) yes, so uh, that coffee that I gave you, it was actually um, just a little backstory. I started a company called Wind and Sea Coffee. I live here in Pacific Beach, but pretty close to Wind and Sea. And while in the military while as a medic um i injured my back kind of in a training exercise Um, but pretty bad back injury ruptured a disc was gonna get surgery uh was doing a bunch of rehab for it uh, on a lot of pharmaceutical pills you know opiates uh, muscle relaxers all this stuff getting a lot of like weird contra indications from these medications or side effects where uh, vision was going blurry. Like, it was super weird. I just felt horrible. Yeah, yeah. I was losing... Like, I couldn't... Like, it was random things that were at typical reading distance for me. And then, I'd be like, why does that look... Like, why can't I see that? So... And I think that was, like, a result of a nerve medication I was taking or something like that. So, anyway, um, I was just kind of in a dark spot, too, because now... I finally pulled myself out of this hole. I'm back on back on track, baby. We're back on top. And then now I have this bad injury, and that's like totally sidelining my career again. Um, And so that was like a again like a rough emotional part, whatever. Did that
0: end your military? Yes,
1: that was that was the end of my. I was coming up on the end of my contract anyway. But that was I ultimately was separated medically separated for um, for this injury. And so while I'm kind of like re- in recovery and, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do next and what's going on and I'm taking all these pills and, um, I find this like program, there's like a bunch of really cool stuff for, um, injured veterans out there, like, uh, uh like a wounded warrior surfing program, like these guys, one more wave, they're based out of San Diego and so I'll kind of talk about them a little bit later, um, But they essentially they provide, uh, uh, what do you call it, like um, wetsuits and surfboards, adaptive, that's the word, adaptive gear for um, veterans and they, they teach you how to surf and stuff like that. And so I got into surfing and that was like a huge, like I was like, wow, this is. This is something I can still do because that's the other thing is like now, I'm like telling you how physical I am, how fucking great I am at, you know, using my body and then my body's broken. Well, what do I have now? So it was empowering to feel like, oh, you can still do something like you're not you're not forever broken like you just adapt, you know. Um, So that was really cool. And then I, I was looking for more natural alternatives to some of the medications I was taking. because of all the side effects that I was feeling and uh, I couldn't smoke weed. uh, But I was like, yeah, CBD, I think I can do that. So I'll I'll give that a try. And it was kind of like at the same time that I was like, let me try moving over to more naturalistic stuff. So I was taking, you know, like turmeric for inflammation, CBD, and, and surfing, doing like restorative yoga. There was a lot of things that was just kind of like a more all, like naturalistic way yeah, of holist- treatment, holistic, holistic health. Exactly, yeah. and um, I found it to be as effective, personally, I'm not saying this is necessary for everybody, but I found it to be as effective for the physical stuff, mentally, Way better. Like, psychologically, I was feeling so much better, and I was having no side effects. And I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is what I feel like seeing how many—dude, I'm surfing here next to homie with no leg, you know, one leg. Yeah. And he's surfing. He's going down the same road. He had an identity that was tied into his job. He was a devil dog, whatever, you know, Marine Corps, this guy. And now he's a fucking guy with one leg. You know, and you know what? He's out here every Thursday and he's paddling for waves and he's and he's making the most of that leg. (laughs) You know, he's he's charging it. And that's I was like, there's so many people in this position that don't know about this alternative way. Good for him. He's here surfing. But how many guys are not surfing? How many guys are with one leg and they're in west virginia and they're just you know hopping hills man because and they talk about the good old days back when they're you know in the service and that was the case and i was like if i can kind of help bridge that gap between because the military probably has no surprise skews more conservative kind of on your political spectrum and, uh, you know, holistic treatment and, you know, beach vibes. and, is, and is, uh, Isn't quite normal. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, you know, it's kind of like hippie shit. And I thought that kind of my personality in general, but also a business opportunity is bridging that gap, is pulling these, um, you know, salt of the earth um, Patriots, you know, the people that signed up to serve their country and doing these things and showing them like, hey, there's something to this hippie shit. Like you don't, you know, don't just throw it out because it's not like it's you're not cal- normal. It's not it's, normal. Yeah, it's not
0: something it's, you're used yeah, to because you didn't grow up with it. And there's kind of sti- it's stigmatized
1: cannabis. There's it's a stigma, dude. It's a, it's, it's a thing for stoners. It's a thing for like deadbeats, yeah. you know. I mean, before they made weed illegal, I
0: mean, hemp, I mean, hemp is an amazing product. I mean, you can make almost anything out of it. It's a great rope. It's a great, you know, like you can make paper out of it. You can make like wood out of it. Like it's, yeah, it's insane. Like, right. And like, hemp doesn't even grow flour, which is what you smoke to get high with, but because it is the male version of marijuana, like when it became a section one classified narcotic, like it got wiped out as well.
1: And it's just like, I mean, it got yeah. screwed just by, yeah, uh, by, by, by association. being association and yeah. also like very, I mean, that association was intentional. There was industry, you know, cotton, petroleum, you know, yeah. a lot of these other industries, paper.
0: Where and people who were making money and were in charge wanted this to go on. Yeah. Have you heard about, um, I listened to this really cool podcast about um, electric cars that came mm. out. They were coming out at around Is the same it called, time. Uh,
1: who killed the electric car? Something like that. But the one that I
0: listened to, yeah. um, it was saying how it was lots of different factors. But one mm. of the factors was like the marketing of like an electric car compared to a combustion engine, which is, is mm. that it was the dainty safe version. Mm. Because like <laughs> if you don't know old cars, you literally had to put like a wrench into the front of the vehicle and like crank it over to like start it just started up. Well, sometimes that wrench would stick in the engine and, like, snap your arm in half kind of uh, thing. Like, And so it wasn't a safe thing to be operating as a, you know, sophisticated, wealthy woman. No, right. you had to use this electric vehicle that you just flipped a switch and then the thing would go. Wow. Well, and, and the funny thing was, is if you think about it, this, is back in, like, 18-something, late, yeah, 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, before Henry Ford and all that kind of good stuff. Is that, like... The efficiency of both of these weren't great. It's not like the combustion engine was killing it, right? Right. And it was just like marketing and advertising towards it being this dainty woman's thing, and only totally. wealthy people could buy themselves a second car for their wife, child, woman, whatever. And that's one of the reasons why, like, the electric car failed, like probably totally, a plethora dude. of other things. But I mean, who
1: benefits? That's like a key. The people who's you know? got. If you're Rockefeller at the time and you benefit by people... Oil money. Exactly. And... Who do you think? Yeah, what do you think? The legislation, everything's going to get pushed down, down towards, that, yeah. that lane. Yeah, and so, I mean, cannabis kind of got caught in there. And, and uh, I mean, we're still sort of dealing with it. But, you know... Yeah, so, essentially, that was kind of where how I got into it. And I was finding a lot of the products on the market where tinctures and... And if you're not familiar with the tincture it's kind of like um, an ex- CBD extract in a bottle and you would put it under your tongue as like a sublingual uh, drop so the tinctures were I mean they're good they're effective um, the problem is uh, they can taste strong you know cannabis has a as a strong flavor and um, you know, trying to just get it in while you uh, are doing, you know, so that you don't have to forget, you don't have to remind yourself to to take it, and it didn't taste bad. I found that if you took it with your coffee, you wouldn't have to remember to drink your coffee. And in addition to that, um we can pause it and all that. Yeah, well, yeah, we.
0: All right. So, we're drinking some delicious local uh crafted pale ales over here and I uh, had to take a bathroom break. <laughs> uh so we're back. We were talking about how um you know, CBD was was an alternative opportunity to help heal you and and yep. like there was some some issues with, like, taking the CBD. Yeah, was, like, so so w-
1: w- what I didn't want to... to like, c- CBD was, was huge, and it, it was a, a... I found it very beneficial. But I didn't want to just put another, like, thing in my medicine cabinet. You know, that was kind of, like, the idea. It was like, yes, it's better that you're taking this over this, but you're still, like, having to, like, remember to take a thing. You got to do it. There's foul-tasting, whatever. So uh, I would... When i would take it i would squirt in my mouth chase it back with my coffee and just kind of like you know go go um and i started noticing that it was actually affecting the way the coffee felt in me like i the way wasn't that your body was processing. yeah the, the way caffeine. that the caffeine was being processed that's right it was it was not it, it like c- took the edge off You know that like kind of jittery tweaking feeling that you have that caffeine sometimes clammy i get like a little sweaty sometimes um and the cbd it felt like i felt all of the mental clarity that you get from a caffeine a stimulant stimulant, right um so not like a decaf but it kind of took the edge off of your body uh, high that you that you get from the the caffeine as well, so I was like, oh, this is a super like interesting great feeling. And on top of um, you know it sort of improving coffee, I also don't have to remember to take my CBD every day. Like no one has to remind me to drink coffee. Like, yeah, if if I'm gonna poop. Coffee will be drank. <laughs> so that was like For a proper uh,
0: morning ritual. In- coffee will be consumed.
1: Exactly. Okay. And so that was kind of like, uh, yeah, let's. This is a good idea. So I bought a little two-pound drum roaster, and uh, my buddy gave me a little tutorial on how to how to. Infuse? Well, no, just how to like straight up like roast the coffee. Oh, like roast how to like go from okay. like ro- from green beans and making roast beans. You know, identifying the first crack. I had like a little whiteboard and you know I had a grid and I would like chart you know temperature over time and stuff like that. So I was doing that for a while and then just trying to figure so you out. You were doing
0: that personally, like in your apartment?
1: Yeah, yes, literally in my apartment. Uh, well, outside of my apartment, but yes, I think uh, Greg is probably that was probably another instance where we. were. Really started talking when you uh, would see me like fucking. Like what are you in, doing? What's that? <laughs> Where are these extension cords coming out of? Um, yeah, so it took me a while. Took me many months trying to figure out how to keep the oil from separating from the coffee. You know, so because so like let's yeah. kind of half
0: step back. Right? Yeah, sure. Because like I I've never roasted coffee before or whatever. So kind of like. Go through the steps and then like talk about like the issues you were having with each individual step Right because right now we're talking like small-scale making it very just small. For scale. This yeah. isn't a business yet This no. is just for Jordan's consumption. Yes. Gotcha. And
1: so, uh, you know, I, I noticed that there were places that were doing like oh, if, you know pay two bucks We'll give you CBD drops on your coffee or something like that. And so that would obviously be like the first Step right if you're trying to how do I get CBD and coffee? Well, just brew coffee and put CBD in it see how that works. So in order to get a full dose of CBD, to get like 20, 25 milligrams of CBD into your coffee, uh, even with a really concentrated oil, you got to squirt a lot into your coffee. really yeah i mean it's a it's a full like dropper thing that two drops is not like that's zero milligrams you know (laughs) to get like 20 25 milligrams you gotta go like you know full-on squirt it into your drink and you're saying it tastes bad and yeah so you're saying it tastes bad right that's the whole deal and it's oil on water oh so so you're gonna have a layer of bad tasting oil. you just ruined your coffee yeah or or you had two drops and it didn't you didn't get enough cbd it didn't ruin your coffee but you're not getting enough cbd so how, well, you know, how do you do that? And I was putting it on the grounds. So, okay, well, let me just put it on the grounds. Maybe and then I'll run the coffee through it and see how it does. Same issue. But it's still oil on it's water. It's still oil on water. Okay. Yeah. So the key was, and, and that's really where like getting into the roasting procedure was, was um, how I kind of reverse engineered infusion. So I had to learn what happens when you're roasting coffee. Why is it doing this? Or, you know, what's kind of happening. So you're applying heat with this roaster. These beans, they start as... Well, really, they start as almost like a cherry, right? And then they're... uh, You either are dry-washed or or, um, washed. And that, over time, that just becomes this little green bean. It looks like... uh, I don't know what you call it. It looks like coffee beans, just tiny and green. <laughs> <That's how it laughs> Weird. Weird, crazy. Um, and so take, starting from there, that's where you're starting. You're applying heat, and what's happening is that heat is causing, like, kind of like how popcorn works, it's causing the bean to expand. Okay. Right? In the same way, kind of like a popcorn kernel pops into yeah. that big thing. So that's kind of what's happening with um, coffee as well. And, in fact, you can hear it when it's what occurs. It's called the first crack first crack is um something that you listen for because that's kind of like the marker as to what you know a blonde roast might be like right after the first crack a dark roast might be after the second crack it does like a period and then every other shade of roast is in between yeah, those weird. periods but what's happening during this um period is the there's gas inside of the bean and the it's it's uh being caught it's expanding because the heat and it's making the bean expand well as it expands in the bean the bean in addition to the, the heat it starts releasing its own oils okay um After the coffee's roasted, and that was okay, so we know about this, but do you put it in the roaster itself? Well, you're going to cook off the oil, you know what I mean? If you you just put the oil in there, yeah, I mean, the CBD breaks down at like 200 degrees Fahrenheit, and you're roasting at like 500 degrees, you know, so you're going to cook off all your oil. So um, the key was kind of finding that period of after the roast where it's releasing its oil, its own natural coffee oils. Have you ever seen espresso beans? You see how they're like real oily. They have Mm -hmm. that like dark oil on there. And the lighter the bean, the less oil it has on the outside, but it still has on the inside. Um, So finding the good roast profile to where the oils are coming out, introducing the CBD oil, and then having the oil leach back into the coffee bean itself so it's a true infusion, not just like a spray Spray on top. Spray coating. Right.
0: So then, okay, so then pause Yeah. first. Um, So then my limited coffee knowledge of, like, so the lighter you roast it, the stronger the caffeine, but the less oil it releases. So does that mean, like, you're dealing with, like, medium to dark roast coffee because that allows more absorption?
1: Yeah, to an extent. I would say... um, Of the CBD oil? Almost. So... I think it's kind of like a bell curve I think if it's too light yeah you're not gonna get enough oil excreted to come back in but if it's too dark what starts happening is it's now uh, like ruining the cell walls of the bean itself and so that's why like you would see an espresso if you got like a really dark espresso or a French roast or something like that and it's like so oily you can like see it on the inside of the bag because that bean no longer has uh, the like retention capability for that oil, so it's somewhere between that range okay of getting like the right uh roast profile so that it's absorbing the oil but not like completely spewing it out you know yeah. and, and then leaving it all over
0: so you're still able to do like a range yeah. of like yeah, medium to yes. dark roast yeah.
1: in fact so, all right, we so really what i'm trying to do now is because I, I had two different concentrations of mm-hmm. of uh cbd concentration in the coffee um There was one, essentially, that's 20 milligrams per cup and then one that's like 10 milligrams, just giving people that option. But as I've tried expanding into different, um, like, roast profiles, you know, which is, like, what people want. They, you know, if you only drink dark coffee, you know, some people want medium or light, whatever. Um, Now, to have a medium and a light and a dark in a light concentration and, and a heavy concentration, it, like, it was just like, it killing my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Inventory management was just like out of control. And so actually I'm phasing that out. This is my last batch that I have right now of this. So single fin and double overhead was how I labeled it. Single fin would be like a single serving, like 10 milligrams. And then double would be, you know, double overhead, double the dose. Weird. Surfing. Uh, (laughs) Kind of full circle here. And we're back. (laughs) You found surfing. You found that's.
0: (laughs) If you don't surf, single fin typically, unless you're talking about 1970s surfing, single fin means it's like a smaller day out there. You're on a big board. Like it's not as aggressive. So hence the single fin coffee would be the lesser dosage of CBD. And And then double overhead would be
1: like a huge wave, like. It's getting gnarly, bro. It's getting gnarly. (laughs) And and, and so, yeah, anyway, that's kind of how it's done. So this is my last batch of, uh, like my last batch of single fin that's gonna be the um, half dose or something. I'm just gonna do everything at 20 milligrams. That way, because the coffee's not cheap, man. And and it's not, I'm not racking up the price. It's just the the cost of the ingredients Mm -hmm. is, is high. And so, um, I figured, you know, let's just make a coffee that definitely works, and now we can play around with roast profiles. Gotcha. You know, Um, so that's kind of where we're at moving forward. Someone who just out of curiosity, because like someone
0: who you know may still want only ten milligrams or whatever, Mm. like you just make a half a cup of coffee. Yeah, you can make half a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right,
1: right. And yeah, it gets hard when you're like someone like I drink like my brother's a pharmacist, he drinks like a pot of coffee a day. I'm like like dude, you you would not want to drink that that much yeah. of it. But it's just like it's just like weed brownies or something like yeah, you don't eat a pan of weed brownies, you eat one weed brownie and a pan of regular brownies. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> you like think you're dying and you know. So like I, I think um the, the hard part, and I've talked with some other people about this, and it's like initially going into this is like I want this to be your everyday coffee. I want this to be the coffee that you know you regularly ordering and and you're drinking it every day. Um and there's, there's merits to that business decision. But I also think if you commoditize what you're doing, if, if the product now becomes a commodity like coffee or toilet paper or, um, I don't know, fill in the blank. With yeah, a fill, fill things, t- yeah. any commodity. I'm thinking people are now going to shop based on price that's like typically the way luxury goods yeah. no one's shopping for the cheapest Lamborghini but there are people shopping for the cheapest car yeah. cheapest rental car yeah. you know what i mean so uh, you're now i'm now i'm playing price wars with every other CBD coffee that decides to pop up on the market. And a lot of these companies are using, n- not a lot of the big mainstream ones, but like there's, they go on Amazon, which you can't even buy, so you can't sell. That's
0: actually, it was going to be one of my questions that I have. but Yeah,
1: yeah, well, I'll, I can circle back to that thing, <laughs> yeah. but like you can go on there and like, I've had customers ask me, because you know, a bag of my coffee could cost $40 or 45 mm-hmm. bucks, And they're like, how come I'm finding the same bag for 25 I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> order that bag. I mean, seriously, order it. I don't know how they're doing that. That I mean, like, that cost alone. And what you're finding is, especially if you go get these tested, which I've had to do for a couple of other, like, you know, trying to take on this line or whatever the case, and you go get it lab tested, and you're you say once hot water runs through it it's literally cooking off the cbd content so you're just getting overpriced coffee now you're buying 25 dollar shitty coffee mm-hmm. you know what i mean so uh that that's a lot of things but as an uneducated user you have no idea well most people are going to be uneducated in a lot of factors totally. I mean, like
0: to, to circle back to that point and one of the future questions i was going to ask you but let's get to it right now is mm-hmm. that like so I, I have a good buddy who is a I, I don't know what he would title himself, but I'll just call me sales consultant and, mm. and and like helper of selling your products on Amazon. Cool. And he's like, yeah, don't ever buy anything CBD related on Amazon because right. it doesn't have any CBD in it. Yeah. Like they're not allowed to sell that product on Amazon. So if yeah. you're going out on Amazon finding mm-hmm. a. Twenty-five dollar bag of CBD coffee.
1: Really, you're just buying a twenty-five dollar bag of coffee, right? Right, and and it may technically have CBD on there, but like, just I I went down this road because I was like, sure, let's sell on Amazon. I'm gonna I'm an e-commerce business, like, let's do this. I'll get on every freaking channel I can. So you so you go and you do this, and like, literally, almost immediately, my. Like, I, my seller's account was like, no, this is not approved. And it's, it's because I'm being very explicit about what it is. Here, this is what it is. Yeah. Here's the lab test, CBD, yeah. this dosage. Nope, you know? can't have that. You can't have that. They're like, oh, it's against our terms and conditions. The stuff that you're finding on there, they know that you're not allowed to sell CBD products on there. So they're keeping it super vague as to what you're buying. They use like language that skirts around the algorithm that would block you. Yeah. And from a business standpoint, like great, good for them. Like they figured out how to beat a stupid fucking rule that Jeff Bezos decides or yeah. whoever, you know, is is outside of their risk tolerance for the company. But as a consumer, that's that sucks. That's really dangerous for you. Super vague. You don't know what you're buying. Yeah. Um, you don't know where they're sourcing it from, what it's testing as. Is it effective? Is it just $25 coffee that you're calling it? So it, it puts... It, it's almost because there's not clear guidelines that yeah. it it disadvantages the consumer and legitimate business. Yeah, it's you
0: know, like... Uh... Products out there right now that you see that are that are greenwashing, you know, like mm. you know, like they're saying it's environmentally friendly or it's biodegradable, but like if you read the real like science behind like this biodegradable fork that you're buying, is like uh, it's not biodegradable in normal natural situations mm-hmm. so like say you throw it into a landfill which is right. where most unfortunately most things end up sure. in america or in around the world and like but like the heat pressure and temperature in a landfill doesn't meet the requirements to mm. biodegrade this biodegradable like right. fork or whatever totally. we're talking about here so it's like it's like in it's,
1: 350 years it will
0: may degrade maybe a <laughs> maybe. little bit yeah, yeah yeah so it's like one of those where it's like you're greenwashing or yeah. you're you're washing out the product of like this is hip and trendy of like cbd is like the cool thing to yeah, have like totally you know like it, you see it all over the place i mean a good buddy of mine owns a cbd shop yeah. like and, and he's doing very well for himself and there's a lot of money to be made in a, a product that is newly legalized totally right like you're, you're and gathering market share it, and know? there's yeah buzz over it yeah so you know
1: I, I think I heard I think the craziest thing I've heard of, of CBD product was uh, CBD yoga pants what I swear to god I'm case and point dude as soon as something becomes like trendy and, and thing like um, How would that even work? I have no idea, dude. I have no. My brain's like,
0: do you fuse it into the like the cloth and no, then like, you sweat? I,
1: yeah. <laughs> you absorb
0: it into your skin? But it's like, what? Do you absorb all? No, it's just fibers. like it's
1: just people it's fucking brain on, yeah. on, on other on yeah. on a trend. Yeah. On, you it's, know, it's carbon bifurcated dexterous fabric, it's CBD fidget <laughs> spinner <laughs> spinner yoga pants. Like, you know what I mean? It's 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 all it's bullshit. And yeah. so and, and being a legitimate company about that that and and just in a new whatever industry um you know that's a challenge for sure but uh i think i think uh quality doesn't go out of style you know what i mean yeah as long as you're making like uh, sourcing the highest quality things that you can and it's good coffee and it's good oil and you're it's you know you're testing it and it's up to general manufacturing practices and stuff like that you know, at some point when this all shakes out and like the initial buzz of CBD kind of wears off, it's going to be the companies that are like marketing to, uh, you know, they've nailed in their target demographics. Their product doesn't suck. It actually works. Yeah. And and they're um, already producing at the highest standards so that when eventually these regulations yeah. come down, you're not like out of regulations, you know, you, you know. like,
0: so to go kind of like you have your Lululemons and then you have like your Walmart ripoff versions of it. Yeah, like, absolutely. And Like there, there's a market for all of those segments, but like, you know, it's like the, going back to the car analogy, you have Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces and then you have like Honda, you know, right. like, and there's nothing wrong with a Honda, but right. like, you know, like if you're, there's a certain, certain level of like effort it takes to make a car yeah or to you know infuse coffee with something right totally. like so why wouldn't you skew towards like the margins of a Rolls-Royce uh, or a, you know like right. and like provide a super high quality long lasting
1: product right and and i think part of that and this is where that decision point kind of you, you know you have to pick you can't it's really hard to be A super luxury product that beats every other uh, product on the market on price. Price. Like it's it's very difficult to do that. Some people can, but I mean with certain products, but generally without like monopoly, like you can't do it. So what so where I was talking to this this other dude about it is he was like, why don't you become the the like the coffee for X reason? You got a big presentation, nine AM, you know, your corporate whatever, you know, that that you're doing and you want to be awake and alert, but you don't want to be like freaking out because you're already nervous about this thing. Yeah. That's the reason you take this. Um, you know, sticking with a, an active lifestyle, which is kind of where we want to position the brand as like this is very like active, outdoor, you know, military, whatever. Um, it's a it's a good coffee, like, OK, you go to the mountains and you're about to go like ski or snowboard or something like that. Like This is the coffee that you drink in the morning. That way you're awake, but you're feeling like good. You get in that flow state a little bit easier. You're not like tweaking out, um, you know, so that's now you become. You, you, you don't pack your kids in the back of the Lambo, you know, and the Lambo's for stunting at the club. You know I mean? You pick your reasoning why you have a Lambo or yeah. when you use that Lambo. And I think that helps you even though, it's a, it's a hard trade off because it means you're not gonna, if you're not commoditized, the volume sales are gonna be less. You're not gonna get as much se- selling, but I think it helps you secure your niche. I'm the active coffee for people that are, you know, care about their fitness and, you yeah. know, maybe are negatively affected by caffeine, you know. So that becomes what you do, and that makes it easier for you to differentiate yourself amongst other products on the market. But, I mean, we'll see, man. Who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong, and I should just be pumping this out to, like, everyone and But I feel times. like...
0: To kind of go along your point that we were talking about, though, like, it's a lot easier to scale back than to try to start as bottom of the barrel, like, I'm selling this for $9 a pound kind of thing and then trying to ramp it up and like get higher quality. Like if you already have the connections for like super pure, high quality X, Y, and Z, like it's easier to then kind of, you know, like, okay, we'll make our potency less because that'll, you know, reduce our overhead for X, Y, and Z or whatever would do. Sure. It's easier to scale back down than it is to, you know, like scale back up, like, the The analogy that I use a lot in in my world of work is like you know you can there's the you know there's the Mercedes right you can get like a hundred thousand dollars Mercedes, but you can also get you know like a forty fifty thousand dollars Mercedes, but like the quality of service that you're going to get across the entire spectrum of that is going to be at that hundred thousand dollar level right. And so if you set yourself up as being that top shelf, high quality, this is where we're at, it's a lot easier to then, you know, like provide something of a cost efficient variation of Ooh. this high quality product.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I see what you're saying is like you come up with the 911 and then you can release Porsche, the boxer 911, if yeah, you're living and you don't like yeah. cars <laughs> sorry um, but yeah yeah that makes that makes total sense then you have then it then when you release your boxer or Boxster, or whatever their shitty Porsche version is called then it's still attributed it's still a Porsche to, to that but you can't have the boxer without, without super high. yeah no, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and I think it'd be fun too. I mean, you know kind of like thinking about what you would do with this in the future and how it would go, is I think it would be cool to have like um, a product that is very consistent. You know, like every bag, every time you buy it, if whether it's online, whether it's in Ohio, whether it's in any place you buy it, it's going to be exactly the same. Exactly you randomly you test
0: want. a certain bag and the quality of this one is going to be the same as randomly tested that one right. over there. Yeah. So
1: I think having like that. Which is
0: super hard in. Oh, I'm sure, dude. In... Um, I was just listening to another podcast and they were talking about a different industry, huh. but they were talking about like the massive variation of their product ah. of like how you can test this. Oh, it was with fishing hmm. and um, Interesting. Uh, it was shark fishing. And so in Australia, um, you have a lot of very poor fishermen from actually other countries because um, you know, like Australia is really close to like Indonesia, and all yeah, that, right? yeah, sure. and so like the Indonesian hmm. fishermen will go into Australian waters and into the international waters and and they will fish and they'll get a lot of shark. Hmm. And a shark is an apex predator which has really really high doses of mercury and other you know like composite heavy metals and stuff like that from because they are they eat everything that's underneath them so um it, it was one of those where you could test a um you could test one shark uh, and it would be at you know like acceptable levels but then you test literally the next one to it and it would be like off the charts super super high and like mercury poisoning and whatnot and it, it's because like at least in this in scenario, it's a, it's an individual creature that's eating different animals and whatnot and, right. and getting different dosages, but in the same level of like. In your product of like totally, no, it's an organic
1: like, compound. You know, yeah. This one bean
0: may not have soaked up as yeah, much, you right. know, co- uh, CBD as this one bean, but as a
1: bag, as a bag whole,
0: you can, make, you can like, I, average. I think it you're out. right.
1: I mean, I think I think it's it's uh, it is tough to be exact, and, and especially in an industry where I mean, how do you know that each bag of Cheetos has the same level of Cheeto dust as the next? You know, but people just don't give a shit, so they don't even <laughs> you know ask. O- Oreos. Oreos.
0: The <laughs> yeah, I read an article. Is that like the difference between like the single stuffed and the double stuffed uh-huh. is the amount of air they pump into it.
1: Oh that's they cool, air rated. It's not that any cool. it's not
0: any more of the fucking sugar bullshit that that's you're so eating. It's just up. aerated. rated. Super
1: messed <laughs> Like, up. what? How but, genius but the is idea that, would be to have like Something that is as consistent as you can get, but just so that there's at least like a continuity of flavor expectations. Yes. You know, McDonald's in every country is going to taste kind of like McDonald's. It's creepy. It's weird. It's, it's like, real creepy. like how the
0: fuck are you getting Australian beef? Yeah. And, like, and it all this other stuff, and it tastes exactly what I just like, got. Throw it on the ground.
1: <laughs> it needs to taste more American. Um, but but it would be cool to have so that like line of products, and then a line of products where flexibility and variation is the point you know you have like a rotating um like roast profile of the month oh this month it's an el salvadorian Mm -hmm. coffee with this type of thing or oh we did a new terpene profile for this it's supposed to be really good for um you know alertness or uh alpha brainwave function or something like that you know what i mean so it'd be cool to have like this high-end brand where you can play around with variation and it's about the differences that's the point and yeah. then the other side is just like because then you can go
0: more say if you wanted to go more like say organic yeah s- like appropriately sourced fair trade that's like boutique yeah and it's like sorry you know the Ethiopian coffee is like that season's over. We're now on Guatemalan right. coffee now, so like this roast is over, and now we're on this. I
1: roast. think it'd be cool too. You can feature other roasters. You know what I mean? Like you can, if if uh, uh, you know Bird Rock's doing a good one, or you know Wafer has their own beans, or whatever the case is. Like you can, you can, you can showcase and highlight other local like San Diego things which kind of seguing into to this aspect about what I love about San Diego is first of all I fucking love San Diego it's a <laughs> wonderful it's this the is best. it is the best i know itself
0: like titled and i Think it's hilarious and amazing, but America's finest city. It's so fun. Like we gave that name to ourselves, and like it's fucking amazing. It really you know is. What? You know what? It is. It, it is. is. I don't I care. I mean, I'm not is.
1: from here. I'm not born. I don't. No. I don't have any allegiance to no. this place. As someone who's lived in a ton of different places, um, it's just a, it's such a great place. And I, I think as a as a business owner or um, you know a small business. That is another great aspect about San Diego. It is super like shop local, local business friendly. um, You know, people, it has a very like vibrant and healthy startup community. It's not like Silicon Valley necessarily in that it's a lot of like tech or it's a lot of like, I mean, it has its industries like biotech and stuff, but those aren't small companies. Um, But for, I mean, go surfing on any Wednesday morning and you'll see six, people in the lineup that you're at one spot yeah and you're like what the fuck does anyone work in this town (laughs) i i know i work
0: a very strange like flexible hours of a job and I everyone does it's it's crazy because like when i first moved here and like i worked a normal nine to five and then i got out of that and I, i was fortunate enough to like get paid a decent amount to be a crossfit instructor for a while and like let's be honest I worked five hours a day like I surfed a hell of a lot more than I worked it was amazing for yeah. like a year and a half uh, yeah. but it was one of those where like I knew that this was strange for myself but I would be like any hour of the day any day of the week there are people in San Diego out running out surfing out hiking out biking out doing something brunch active outdoorsy and like I know it's a touristy town and all that but like it's not just the tourists; it's the it's the locals dude too. it's and about it's enjoying
1: life here like there's you
0: get out of like oh my gosh the mass holes and like you know when they like boston
1: oh yeah yeah okay gotcha. massachusetts
0: yeah totally. yeah they're, they're called mass holes gotcha <laughs> uh you can tell when they've moved here and it takes them like three months or so for them to like acclimate down to realize that like no one's trying to fight you bro from across <laughs> the street like we're all yeah. good. Like it's cool. Like relax. Right. Like we're well, there's good. a
1: lot of places. Like on like uh, it's it seems even in the military, this kind of thing. But like the East Coast in general, East Coast industry, finance, anything like that. It's like it's go, hustle, go, hustle, go, hustle. Go, go, go. It's like you wear how much you work as a badge of honor, sort of. Like it's like a point of pride. Like oh fucking sixteen hour days. I'm spending a thousand dollars a month
0: on fitness. I
1: work twenty hours a day. I sleep for three and a half hours. Yeah, I have my coke dealer on speed dial. You know, like there, you know, that's sort of the the mentality. And I think um, it's almost the opposite up here. It's like it's not just it's not about like how little you work, but it's like can you how little can you work to support the lifestyle that that you want, right? The, the
0: one thing that I love about San Diego is that like walking down the boardwalk. Pick any city that you want and that guy or a gal who are in flip-flops and like jeans and a t-shirt they could be, like, just moved here in a bum, mm-hmm. almost, or they could be worth millions of dollars, and you have no idea yeah. the difference. And you could literally stop on the side of the boardwalk and have a conversation about, like, how the sunset is, how the waves are, how the weather is, or whatever. Just a, And it's just, like, you had no idea that that person's worth, like, $5 million, and totally. they just kept
1: walking by. I it's super it. cool. I mean, Pacific Beach is a, is a, great, t- is a great town, too. It kind of gets this reputation of being, like, a fratty, like, party... T- town and it, you know, there, there has that for sure. But um, what I think is cool about Pacific Beach is you'll, you know, first of all, all the houses point out to the street. Whereas you go to like Huntington or I grew up in New Mexico. My girlfriend lives in Huntington. Everything is like a track, a track home, you know, type deal. So mm-hmm. all the homes face inward. So when you're driving through Huntington, you're, you're just in like a cinder block, Maze sort oh, of. Oh, you're looking at
0: like their garage. You're looking in at the their backyard. Back the you're
1: looking at the back retaining wall of their yard. Cool. That's like because the way that you would get into the neighborhood is you would turn into the neighborhood and then you would see all of their houses, gotcha. right? But if you're just driving through, all you're seeing is cinder block, cinder block, cinder block. You drive through San Diego, you drive through Pacific Beach, any one of the roads all the houses point out towards the road. You're looking at people's front lawns, the front of the house, and uh, and then the, everyone has alleys. That's sort of like the, the backyard that way. But it has like, first of all, it, it's it's more beautiful. Like you get to see all this interesting architecture and it feels open. It's like it opens the community up into like feeling like you're in a place, not just like I'm in my house and then whatever. Um, and, and you might be next door to... A $3 million home with some guy that's lived there for, you know, 20 years. You, you have... Remember you had, uh, like, those Israeli or, mm-hmm. like, there was some... You know, you have a lot of, like, expats or Brazilians out the wazoo. Um, you have young families. You have college kids. You have... Well, and also, everything. like... Old people.
0: And, and, you know, having the purview that I have um, is that, like, La Jolla you know, only has one direction to expand and that's South. Hmm. And and so, and you're seeing like, even though like we're a coastal community close to the beach, I mean, Pacific beach is being gentrified Mm -hmm. and the fact that like, I think it's hilarious and there's companies out there like the north pb hats and stuff like that and like i live in crown point i live in north pb it's like breaking it up yeah they're even breaking the small town into smaller sections or whatnot but like you you legitimately see a difference of like say like north pacific beach oh, yeah, and crown point and like you can see different areas where like you know like they're tearing down yeah, decently old homes. I mean, like yeah. the vast majority of the traditional homes in Pacific Beach are going to be in the, the 30s to 50s, somewhere in that range. Mm. And they're tearing those things down and putting McMansions up. Mm. And and, and it's, it's because you can't afford La Jolla anymore right. until you go and you buy the house in Pacific Beach. Which actually, it's school districts are doing really, really well, and they're yeah. getting much better and stuff like that. A, so, do you
1: think that's a good thing that that's happening, or do you think I mean, it, it depends harms, on like who you are? Well, so, so for me, what I like about Pacific Beach is that it's diverse. What, yeah. I like La Jolla too, but I think that La Jolla, there's, there's, it's very kind of one thing. It's, it's mostly older, wealthy, white people, generally. Not everybody, but. Generally, yep. that's kind of the case. I don't get, get that same vibe. Yes, there's a lot of white people in, in in PB or San Diego. In general, we live by the coast, money, whatever. I get it. But, I mean, like, just like I was saying, there were, you had fucking random Israelis living here. You have some old lady that's next door to you. You have college kids. I think uh, that diversity is, a, is an asset to PB. Yeah. Do you think that that is being lost to an extent with the gentrification?
0: Mm, I would say no... Because the way that PB is structured is that, like, I mean, look at where we're sitting right now, where, where you live on one side of me and the other side of me. I mean, you yeah. have apartment complexes and buildings, like,
1: Next it, to it, this house it, is 1.1? Two, like, two, uh, 1. 1.2? 1. This, this house itself, what do you think it would be? I mean, cool. 2.5 it's <laughs> it's a huge mansion. Uh. But, but, but you know what i'm saying like the point point being like like you can live in a house that's over a million dollars next to well, a, what i was going to say is actually
0: even not even about the value of the particular real estate mm-hmm. alone cuz i mean that changes yeah. in time and, sure. and and value is you know what can you afford and etc like right. you know like but i was just going to say like the actual style of architecture oh, this, yeah. this is a 1949 two-bedroom, one-bath house with a, a finished patio on the back yeah. kind of thing. And then three years later, they built, you know, two two-bedroom, one-baths in the backyard. And, and this on this block, there are three other houses like this. Hmm. Um, and other than that, it's all apartment buildings. I mean, look right. around. Like, left, right, across yeah. the street, everything is an apartment building. So, like, this block is what you'd consider, like, an R4, so a high-density block. Mm. Um, and so, like you're losing a lot of these older homes yeah. in certain areas yeah. for an apartment complex
1: right, right, right? but on
0: one hand like you're eliminating a single family home and and adding in homes. multiple homes yeah, yeah. and usually and it's funny to say but an affordable price range yeah it's a rental instead of a purchase Absolutely. right like you're paying You know, for, you know, in San Diego, it's two bedrooms or whatever, you're paying like $2,000 ish, give or take, depending on the upgrades and et cetera. But like, you know, like that is much more affordable than trying to buy a $6,000 mortgage. Yeah, a $2 million house and paying the mortgage on that. And so, like, you know, it's one of those where you're going to have the areas where North Pacific Beach, which is going to be a higher concentration of single family homes and then getting towards like the college party zones yeah. because we do have three very successful large universities mm-hmm. plus many 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 other you know state schools in San Diego right where they all converge to Pacific Beach mm-hmm. because there's a high concentration of bars and activities for 21 to 25 year olds to get real wild on in and- addition to <laughs>
1: homes that wealthy people. Exactly, and, so, and,
0: and that's where you get like mm. the, the people who, who've been living in Pacific Beach for decades who are complaining about the change and the gentrification yeah, and all that yeah. kind of good stuff. And so sure. it, it's, a, it's a unique situation. I part. get
1: that. I just, I don't, man, I really like when places are diverse. Like, dude, the worst part about moving to Santee and like one of those track home, like, things mm-hmm. that, that pop up there is that all of your neighbors are probably, they have the same income as you. They have the same number of kids as you. Oh, so you there don't want to go live in Otay Ranch with all your other military uh, buddies? You know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> we'll see, now that you mention it. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that diversity is good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be next door to just, I mean, except for you, Greg, you're fine. But everyone else that's just like me, you know, I'd rather, I like there to be variety. I think it, like, spices up the, yeah. you know, what makes a place interesting to live. Yeah. I don't remember how we got on that topic. I don't but, know.
0: I think but, these uh, <laughs> the the beers are starting to get got what off it is. We're topic. wasted I'm, right now. I'm not wasted, but I'm feeling good and exactly. awesome and comfortable. Um, but we were talking about uh, how this all started. Was talking about the like. The, the example of Porsche and Mercedes of having like a high-end quality right, product right. And, and then offering a low-end quality product and right. like the diversity of, you know, like the product line and where that was going with you. Sure. Um,
1: <clears throat> so kind of where I'm trying to take the business on, you know, it's a coffee business, but what I would like to do with it is make it more of a wellness platform in general so that you're having, it, it's not just a coffee company, but it's something where we can have uh, a whole host of modalities and it doesn't have to all be cbd i mean cbd is is a really wonderful thing but it's not the end-all be-all in alternative medicine and so i think just kind of opening that you know your blinders and and um you know exploring different topicals exploring other different uh medicinal plants and usages usages um i'm a big fan of uh a lot of the mycelial extracts some of the mushroom stuff that exists like chaga like chaga reishi lion's mane have you heard of
0: uh the four sigmatic
1: i have i have and and it's a good product well it it's a product that works well i find tastes like absolute ass yeah Horrible! It's instant coffee. It's not even like.
0: But it's just mushrooms. It's not even coffee,
1: right? No, no. There's there's. there's... They do have coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well. There's coffee. It, oh, yeah. Like in their mushroom coffee, it's it's mushroom. It, it, there's coffee, but yeah. it's it's way less caffeine content.
0: Have you had the La- layered
1: superfoods? I've not actually. Really? I'd be interested in trying it. Um, a buddy of mine,
0: Anders, uh, actually was able to to work out with Laird Sick. and Gabby for um, his. He's part of like barbell shrugged. Cool. Um, do you know what that is at all? No, no, okay. no. It's one of like the biggest fitness podcasts out there, kind of. Thing. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Very Either cool. way, he was able to go up to Malibu and oh, work out with Hamilton. Oh, love to do that. And did all I the pool workout. Yeah, he did all that. I used to do stuff. those a lot. Really? Like, I, oh my oh, god, god. they're the one... so
1: fun. They're, they're hands down the funnest workouts you can
0: do. I don't own a pool. I'm not a member of having a pool. Or Great. Day. You live in a you
1: live in a four million dollar house. You're fucking loaded. Do
0: not. All right. So, but like. The one thing that I miss about living closer to the equator is the warm water and yeah. being able to do stuff like that. Where, like, if I wanted to go do, like, a air-quote pool workout here in the ocean, like, I'm donning a five-millimeter <laughs> hood, gloves, <laughs> booties. Yeah. And that's, like, even in, like, the summer kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but I have done... Back when I lived in the Caribbean, like, a bunch of, like, like the free diving exercises. Yeah, all that stuff hypoxic like like. stuff, is oh, I it's amazing, it. dude. I need, like, I need to get back into just even free diving. Screw yeah. spear fishing, because, unfortunately, our coasts are all fished out and whatnot. Oh, uh, yeah. Either way, back to, like, the layered superfood and the alternatives mm. to just, you know, just coffee and CBD is that like you know you were taught talk- I was actually going to ask you earlier because you're saying you were putting CBD not sorry CBD turmeric into things to yep. reduce inflammation and stuff like that and so uh, you, we've had wind and sea coffee for a while and and I'm, I'm looking right in front of me some some CBD infused gummies but uh, the logo it says wind and sea co mm-hmm. not just wind and sea coffee so it, it seems like you're going to be expanding and what direction are you taking that?
1: My- kind of back to you know what what I was kind of mentioning earlier i think um it's really hard in twenty twenty to maintain a competitive advantage i'm am a student right now at uh, university of san diego i'm uh finishing my m b a in mostly data analytics is sort of the concentration but um so you are doing a lot of, you know, you're learning all this business stuff. And and what you kind of find is that like, you know, everyone asks like, you know, what's your competitive advantage? How do you differentiate yourself against? And um, those are really hard questions to answer. And at the end of the day, what I'm starting to like see, and I think is like slowly becoming accepted knowledge is, is that you, there's not a thing you could do. Uber can't be the only app that... Cool, so Uber is great. Idea, it's super differentiated. It's up, but, uh, And then Lyft pops up. You know, you're know you going to get copycats and in, in any injury. I'm in probably some sense a copycat. So what, what do you do to differentiate yourself? And I think the different... What makes you different isn't just that you have a product. It's that you become an ecosystem. You become a platform for... Uh, Whatever you want, you know, to your specific market, you know, the target demographic. And so kind of going back to being a mission-driven business and and what is my purpose? What is, you know, why am I making CBD anything? Yeah,
0: what is the mission of Win & Seaco?
1: It's improving people's lives you know with alternative modalities to uh pharmaceutical stuff but even more specific than that because i I mean i think this could apply to anyone you don't need to be a veteran or whatever but but you know to really drill in on on what it is that i want to do it's i want to educate uh veterans military etc um, that there are alternative modalities besides pharmaceuticals, and it's not just a thing that you take. It's like an entire way of living, you know? So how do you exercise? What are you doing? Are you stretching? Like I've been, I've been doing that ROMWOD thing mm-hmm. now for months. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Um, you know, uh, I did a, a breath, like a, a breathing workshop, a Wim Hof thing yeah. up in Encinitas with this guy, Reese, who's awesome. Um, I did like a sound bath not too long ago, which was really trippy, dude. I would, like microdose a little bit of, uh, uh, and it was wild. I um, I
0: unfortunately fell asleep.
1: Did you? Yeah, yeah I, I could it's see one it, you one know? Of those were like um,
0: it's very relaxing. It is, and like they kind of warn you about it, and then like the trippy thing was is that like when i did mine it was like you know the entry that you're sitting there the intentions they're talking about it relax close your eyes lay down Mm -hmm. and then like just fast forward through everything to like all right nice wake up and i was just like all of a sudden i was just like all right i'm awake, cool that was interesting that was fun yeah like and then like they were like oh you know it was cool when they were talking about the red light the green light and the blue light and i was like what are, you, what are you talking about, mm-hmm. man? And they're like,
1: wait, what? And I was like, oh,
0: shit, I fell asleep.
1: Yeah, that's... I movies, and I'm like, that movie sucks. Like, you slept through the entire movie. How do you know anything about this movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I think maybe it could have been uh, maybe the people doing it or whatever the case No, it was 100% is. me. I
0: should have stayed sitting upright because, uh, like, if you... We are both extremely active go-go-go-go yeah. personalities mm-hmm. and, like... I wake up decently early, like, I work out right away, I work all day, by the time I'm done, like, I'm dinner, like, try to chill out, pass the... Out, and, you know, start all over again, kind of thing. So, like, the opportunity of, like, my body's laying in a room with, like, ambient music, good smells, really good... Yeah, it's like, of course I'm gonna fucking fall asleep. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, sure. I should've just stayed.
1: Dude, well, I thought what was crazy about it, and, like, um... I thought this was like tr- really wild. Is so they, they have all these different sized bowls, like those crystal yeah. bowls, and they, and they correspond to different like chakras and different frequencies. Mm-hmm. And not kidding, dude. Like not like beyond psychosomatic. I, I I swear to you, I could feel when they'd be like, "This is in your root chakra," and they were doing it. I could feel like my fucking like butthole like organs vibrating. Then we'd go up to like your solar plexus chakra, and I could feel under, like underneath my rib cage, I'd feel vibrating, and so I could literally feel. Then you get to your third eye chakra, and it felt like the middle of my forehead was like vibrating. I was like, "This is crazy that you are able that like just through sound you can have a physical um, association with with these frequencies." You know, I
0: I think I mean that kind of goes back to like the larger systematic stuff that we're kind of seeing in today's society and all that and all the we are all one everything is connected and i think like as a society and in a consumerism and product driven you know like keeping up with the joneses and all that kind of good stuff society that unfortunately like america is kind of turning into or has been for a while depending on but like it's you forget that everything is connected that like like yeah we may not understand how like this frequency of sound is making this unique organ or part of your body is vibrating but like don't discount it because it's strange and different from what you like can conceptualize and understand
1: totally absolutely and that's kind of thing is that like i i have no financial stake in you going to a sound bath but as somebody who deals with chronic pain and has a lot of physical ailments and whatnot, and have it, having experienced that, it's it. I swear to you, dude, it felt like it. Like I felt physically better. It kind of melted away pain, especially in like the regions where I was feeling it. And if I can convince you to try it, you know what I mean. Just so that maybe you don't have to. Take that pill or whatever it is that you do like that's that's worth it to me, and to your point about everything being interconnected, I think that is um, maybe an interesting positive lesson with the whole virus thing that's going on, yeah, you know you start seeing that the NASA data of
0: all the air pollution that is dramatically reduced in areas, and, yeah and- right,
1: well even just on a even on a sociological level, like how much you rely on Uh, you know, the guy that cooks your burger down the street and, you know, how everything is sort of connected in in this Mm -hmm. way. Like, why why are we social distancing? Well, because the thing that you're going to touch might, you know, be a thing that somebody who's more at risk can touch it. And and it just is like, I think – a lot of the people that are having a hard time with like why would i do this i'm not well, oh you're scared of a virus like i'm not don't be scared who knows what the deal is and it's like yeah i mean that we don't know this all could be fucking bullshit dude it really could be i have no idea i'm assuming it's not because well listen I'm, to
0: my podcast i'm gonna record tomorrow yeah. with my
1: buddy who's a doctor yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just think whatever at the end of the day it is – I mean I think it's a real thing. Yeah. But, but my point is is that whether you think it's real or you think it's not, you're kind of a dick if you're not going to – if the decision that you're going to make has no, – like is only based on you, you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't know if it's real or if it's not. But if me staying six feet apart from people might save someone's grandma – that's enough of a reason to stay six feet apart for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we are all connected and it is all integrated and your actions do affect other people. You know, so it's not all about you, you, you. I'm healthy. I'm not worried. I'm not at yeah. risk. We're, we're young, I'm athletic,
0: young. you know, fit. Uh, uh, I don't know personally, but like, you know, don't have any preconceived, yeah. you know, preconceived preconditions that would make you susceptible to these things right um and so yeah we are an entire system so kind of to pull it back into your personal company and all that kind of good stuff is like so what does your like entire product line look like right now
1: yeah cool so that's a good question there are a bunch of new items that i've kind of added recently so uh coffee we're doing one concentration we'll do a few different roast profiles right now we have two we'll probably add some more 20 milligrams of cbd 20 milligrams per, in cup. per cup yeah and uh one and and it also like that's per cup based on like it depends on how much you're grinding if you grind yeah. less you grind more like it kind of varies was it 16 to one or there's some like yeah, ratio, it is, it is 16 to 1. Yeah, that's what I is it nailed it. Six- <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Like 16 parts water, one part. Like, oh, you know, damn it. it's. I was it, hoping you would know no, this. No, I like, mean, it has to do with weight. So, yeah, the, it's like grams s- of water is the two, same as grams of anything yeah. like it's, it's the same so you would have like 16 grams of or, or water
0: 16... to like one gram of ground coffee ground coffee yeah that's there the that's the ratio but it's out. just like okay you still need a scale in which case that's a well it depends on how much of a coffee nerd you are like yeah. i mean like bear or burr, burr i think it is Yeah. Like the coffee grinders mm-hmm. and like they have like weight sensors and yeah. stuff like that and you can go i'm making you know three cups of coffee and it will grind the perfect amount for you to make yeah you know the proper sixteen to one ratio right. for three cups of coffee, kind
1: of thing. So yeah, there, you can get real precise with it, but yeah. I would just say, I mean, like for right now, like I'm mainly doing, or I have a, like a darker. It's like a medium dark roast, like a full city plus, and it's an organic Mexican coffee. Um, it's like very um, like rich, kind of chocolate, cardamom, like a spice to it too. It's like a weird like spice. Uh, and then I have one that's like an Ethiopian Guatemalan mix. And so the Ethiopian's very like floral, fruity, like blueberry kind of overtones. And then the Guatemalan is like dark cherry, more of that, like more kind of similar to the Mexican. It's like those earthy, mm-hmm. um, uh, darker, rich flavors. So I, we have those two coffees, two different flavor uh, profiles. And then we just released this um, pain cream, it's like a recovery cream. And specifically why, so I I didn't make this cream. I've been uh, looking around, you know, I use topicals all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I like have Bengay in like every room of my house. Um, But specifically, I found this one because it was formulated to be an effective pain cream without CBD. Because there's this tendency, like I say, CBD yoga pants, to just be like, make a thing. And then put cbd in it and it's better you know? and it's yeah like, that's not necessarily the case like yeah. that's not you know what is the bioavailability the science, yeah what is the science what does the science say, say? <laughs> you know what what condition can this form of cbd absorb through your skin etc so the the this formulator for this company that make a bunch of other uh products dude she is like a savant and knows exactly the size at which the cbd molecule needs to be so that it goes past your dermis layer but not into your bloodstream So it, so it hits right deep in the muscle. In the yeah, area. you're like muscle, subdermal, like range. And, and, and um, yeah, so that's like what she, I mean, she's very bad at like the business side of things. Like I've seen some usually, of
0: them. Usually if you're a yeah. super high-end level chemist, yes. like you don't really have the business mindset. Right. There's weird people out there who do do both, but I'd say that's very, very on the rare Super right? rare. And yeah. so
1: she's smart in that she was like, oh, I'm just going to get other people to do the business stuff. And I'll just, you know, in my lab and make all this stuff. So she makes this cream, and it's a capsaicin-based cream, which I don't know if you're. It's
0: uh, bell peppers. A friend of mine is actually, oddly enough, allergic to capsaicin. Oh, really? That's yeah. a good thing to
1: know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so capsaicin. So there's typically like in in your pain creams or whatever. There's kind of like maybe I guess three directions you could go in. You can go in the um, menthol, which would be like your icy hot, mm-hmm. has that cooling sort yeah. of like it's like a minty sort of cool flavor. Capsaicin, which is more of a warming sort of like um like a hot like a <laughs> Jalapeno. pepper. Jalapeno. Jalapeno, exactly. And then uh um uh, blanking arnica. That's the, that's the third one. Arnica, it it's almost like an aloe vera type thing, but it's specifically mainly used for bruising. I think it like helps with repairing mm-hmm. bruised tissue. Um so those are kind of like the three directions that I've seen pain topical stuff go in. Yeah. And what's really cool about this one is it's a capsaicin based Uh, Cream which I find for chronic pain. If you roll your ankle, maybe a menthol cream would be better If you haven't your knee just bothers you for years and every time it's that that one knee that always like Capsaicin is gonna be a better um, uh, Material for that because it's gonna have more of a warming effect and uh, That's gonna draw blood flow to it. So this actually has both uh, menthol and capsaicin the nice thing about menthol, on top of you know, it has its uses. But what people like about menthol is that you the can feel it. Feels. Yeah, you can. T- it tingles. Um, you know, most
0: um, most uh, placebo drugs mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. have niacin. Ah, uh, yeah, in it because it's I'll a va- so, it's a vasodilator, uh, dilator, and so you can feel the blood flow and you get that tingle feel. Yeah, the tingle.
1: I mean, that the psychosomatic connection mm-hmm. between. Feeling something happening and doing it they've made toothpaste the same way They've made toothpaste that doesn't have like that like squeaky clean like feeling like toothpaste has nothing to do with that feeling Yeah, but people don't like that toothpaste because it doesn't feel like it's working. Uh, What was it? It was back
0: I forget what era decade or whatever, but it was let's just call it 1930s to 40s or something like that No one fucking brushed their teeth. It was not common whatsoever There was toothpaste out there and all that kind of stuff, but people didn't use toothpaste that much and once they added in the chemistry so that your toothpaste would bubble and people actually started using toothpaste more because there was some sort of tactile response and it felt like something was happening where before right. you were just rubbing a paste on your teeth and right. right? spitting it out, and it didn't feel like anything. You was need that happening. feedback. You,
1: I, I think, yeah. it, and, it, and it factors into into the psychosomatic reaction of you know, oh, I feel it; it must be working. So, but um, I've found this cream to be super effective. It only has a hundred milligrams of CBD, but like I said, which you know is a low. Typically, that's a very low amount in in a in a product. I mean. Of the other ones i found that have been effective they've been like 700 milligrams or something like that
0: wait 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 so what is like a normal dose what is like what is the dosage range i mean we're talking about 20 milligrams in a cup of coffee like and then you're now talking about 100 milligrams is for the entire for for
1: the entire
0: uh tube so what like okay so like Take it back at like someone I, I do not use any CBD yeah, products, and yeah. so right. like w- what is like a normal range for something you would ingest or eat, yeah. and then what's a normal range for something you would like put on top of your skin, kind of thing like a topical yeah we're recording now
1: okay, so yeah, I guess the uh, um, it depends on whether you're talking about ingesting it uh, versus applying it topically. It depends on if we're talking about an isolate, CBD isolate, which is literally the isolated molecule of CBD, or we're talking about a full spectrum or broad spectrum that has um, a, a bunch of different cannabinoids, like CBG, CBN, CBC, um, CBDA, THC. These are all different like uh, cannabinoid compounds found in a cannabis plant. CBD is just one of them. Uh, So it depends, it also depends on your size, your metabolism, what it is that you're taking it for, uh, how sensitive are you to the product itself. So that question is a hard question to answer, honestly. Um, But I would say, I mean, the, the good thing is that you can't really overdo it. There's not really like too much CBD, like you're not gonna OD or anything like that. So really it's about, what is, for me, I would think, what is the minimum necessary to achieve the re- desired result?
0: Minimum effective dose. Minimum
1: effective dose. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah. So typically, like for an ingestible, a dose could be like 10 to 20 milligrams. Okay. But for like sleep, like you want to use it as like a sleep aid. I could say 50 to 100 milligrams of CBD, depending on how sensitive you are, depending on is it a isolate? Is it a full spectrum CBD? Is there THC in there? Um, So that would be kind of like 10 to 20 for like pain. I'd say like 10 to 50 for like pain, anxiety, inflammation. um, If you're ingesting it, that's like a dose. And maybe you start small and you build up. Do I feel it? Does it getting my dose? Maybe I need more. Maybe I need more. Whatever the case is, then you find like that. Okay, this works for like a sleep aid. I've seen uh, fifty to like two hundred milligrams. Two hundred's a lot. I mean, you probably don't need that much, but maybe a like hundred. And then topically, really depends on how emuls- like emulsified is the the term for like the. Uh, how broken down is the size of the molecule? So, it, you know, bioavailability is the other one. If something is more bioavailable, it means that it's going to absorb better into your system. So, you could have a thousand milligrams of CBD in there, and if it's not bioavailable, then you're not going to have very much effect. You know, whereas if you have ten milligrams and it's perfectly bio, bio, bioavailable, it'll, you'll feel the effects. So. Um, what I've found with most creams uh like most pain creams a hundred milligram cream is a very low content for that. that means in this entire in this entire jar which ha- must have how big is that jar how many ounces this is cream? like a one point six ounce jar okay so in less than two ounces of cream i mean how many you just put a little bit on right I just put some
0: on and it i mean i probably would have to use that thing every day for three four months in order to use the whole thing thing. right
1: so you mean you're getting like one two i mean small small milligrams yeah of uh, of cbd and typically if you just have a cream with cbd into it and it's a hundred milligrams and it's not made to where it's maximizing bioavailability you're just getting one or two milligrams of cbd and rubbing it on your skin you're not going to feel it Mm -hmm. um so for a lot of creams having like 500 700 a thousand milligrams it just is like it's 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 kind of smashing that square peg through the round hole and it will feel it because there's there's enough force behind it to do it but What's cool about this one is that it's sort of it's that minimum effective dose. It's like let's what, you can throw five hundred milligrams of CBD in anything, your yeah. pants included. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that it's going to be effective. Yeah. So finding that that range, and with this, is like you would use it just like a normal, just like a, you did. You don't need to measure out how many milligrams you would be putting on your skin. You would just put enough to cover the area, and you feel it. You feel it working. Yeah. Yeah. My know? foot
0: was, I mean, it, for tingling, and I felt like the. It warmed up, but it also had like that y tingle yeah. to it, which is funny because I put it on before you started describing. Yeah. The, the, the it, which was actually kind of cool to hear you describe it and go, "Oh yeah, that is what I felt." <laughs> I felt that, and I felt that. I felt all right. What's <laughs> weird
1: about capsaicin too is um, I find it activates uh, better when your like pores open up. I mean mm-hmm. that's just with everything, but like so, so. Point being, if you if you take a hot shower and then put it on. Like, put some of it yeah. on there, you'll feel it like, whoa, like that Absorbing was your just, skin. It really absorbs in there. Uh, if you put, like, a little bit of heat on top of it, like I'll sit on a heating pad, put some on, and put some on a heating pad, and then it really feels like that heat kind of, like, opens up the pores mm. or the area, yeah. and then it really gets in there. Um, so there's, like, there's ways of, like, activating it to even make it a little bit more effective. but
0: So um, the minimal... Yeah. Chemistry that i do know and whatnot i know that like say like say if you want to get more vitamin c into your system you actually have to like get more vitamin k or potassium mm. or whatever in your system because sure. like 400 milligrams or molecules or whatever of this needs at least 300 milligrams of that in order for it to pair together to actually be bioavailable like yeah. so uh, is is I'm guessing this product as is, is fully like, like, yeah. So with, what, what, with, do, what should I like what, if I'm trying to utilize CBD is my yeah. real question is like, what can I be doing to help make it more
1: efficient and effective? Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think sourcing high quality stuff in general, uh, the, the closer to the plant as it comes out of the ground typically has a higher efficacy in its medicinal properties. So it's interesting, like CBD isolate is um, it's a good it's it's literally what everyone talks about CBD. That's what it is. It's it's you take this plant called cannabis and then you extract this one molecule called CBD and there's benefits and whatever of doing that. But um, you're the positive of that is like, let's say you um, are worried about a drug test or something like that, your test regularly for work, you would might be reticent, even though it's very unlikely with the federal standards of how they break this down, but it's unlikely that you would ever um, uh, piss hot or, or fail a drug test because you took um, a full spectrum CBD, or if it had THC in there. But there is that possibility. So a CBD isolate is good because you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting one molecule and it's CBD and that's what you ordered, right? But there's a lot of cannabinoids, like I mentioned in in a cannabis plant. And there's this thing called the entourage effect. And it's sort of the idea is that the sum is greater than or the total is greater than the sum of its parts. So you have. CBG, CBN, uh, uh, THC, all these other cannabinoids, and what they're doing is they're uh, augmenting the benefits that you're getting from each of them. So to feel the most benefit, you're going to want the wi- like a, a wide range of, of um, cannabinoids, and you're going to find the widest range in, a, in something that is very, very close to what the plant is when it comes out of the ground. Um, that's like a good rule of thumb. So, you know, sticking closer towards like full spectrum, broad spectrum, which broad spectrum is essentially it's full spectrum with just a lower THC content. You know, they even, even – even a broad, full spectrum is is technically like um, it's less than 0.3% THC, which means you won't so feel it. So it has
0: everything, but we're just reducing the THC. Yeah. So you're not getting – High.
1: Not getting high, and you're not going to run the risk of, of you know, positive testing positive on a, on a drug test. Um, but you're going to get the most benefit. Um, but even then, it's like bioavailability matters, and cannabis is, is a um, molecule that binds well to lipids and, like, fat stuff. So um, that's typically, like, why—if you just put— weed in in brownies you're just gonna get bad tasting brownies but you that's why you have to like boil it in butter and make a weed butter and then you make the brownies with the weed butters because the butter is a as a lipid is a fat and it it actually binds to the molecule and makes it more bioavailable
0: do you know that's actually how all herbs work so when really you're like, when you're cooking your food no way yeah
1: like that's why you want it we want it in like an oil or a butter yeah. or something like that huh yeah that makes sense
0: it's it's all herbs and spices in general that's really funny they need the fat to be soluble
1: oh yeah I did not know that about anything else besides (laughs) um, well think about it like it's
0: a plant that has a leaf that has some sort of you know effect do you
1: think it's because it's an oil or something like I don't know if what you would consider the molecule itself or like a, I, again I'm not a you know, chemist yeah. but I do watch a
0: shit ton of food Bobby cooking. Flay <laughs> <laughs> diners drive-ins and dust. definitely
1: not that one <laughs> I mean I'm not a chef yeah,
0: <laughs> but um, but yeah there's the the the, the chemistry of cooking and, and and like getting the most out of your herbs yeah is is figuring out is is it a salt or is it fat or water soluble Mm, yeah and and that's going to be for a lot of different things in this world but like it's for like herbs and 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 even natural pathic medicines and stuff like that is understanding like is this a fat soluble product or is this a water soluble yeah where how is it going to become bioavailable and and it's it's yes, herbs and spices are all fat soluble atoms hmm. and that's why you cook with oils and stuff like that. It, that makes sense,
1: and that's why a lot of tinctures and stuff like that—they're typically it's like it's a it's an extract, right? A distilled extract from it, but it's, it's suspended in a carrier oil, like a an MCT, which is yeah. like a coconut oil or an olive oil or something like that. So, um, but that's funny. I never really thought about that from the I mean, perspective of like, other you know, yeah, other herbs, herbs, herbs
0: and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. well, shit, man. Okay, so
0: we have we have coffee, we have topical creams, and then we have these gummies as well. So. Yeah,
1: gummies, um, some chocolates. These gummies are like just kind of straightforward. I think, you know, I I, I want to be I don't I want to be a wellness platform, but yeah. I think like uh, let's look at like Vans example okay
0: the skateboarding brand yeah
1: vans makes t-shirts and skateboards and all Shoes. a bunch of other stuff but they're known for their waffle print bottom mm-hmm. you know what i mean like their Vans. that's like what they do yeah and so i think i would like to be known as a specialty coffee brand you know kind of wrapped inside of a wellness platform gotcha. with a bunch of other items and so, yeah, we have like a chocolate, we have a gummies. Gummies are just, if, if you don't drink coffee, but you're interested in CBD, um, I just had one, and it, it, it
0: tasted like, you know, like blueberries. It tasted like a normal, like, gummy bear type thing.
1: And... Like a gummy bear, like a candy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's sugar in it. This isn't a health food necessarily. <laughs> like, they're fucking gummies. But yeah. but um, I would, I promise you, you'll eat 30 gummies faster than you'll down a bottle of tincture. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, 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 taking, like, until, an eye time. drop. Yeah. You know, yeah. Over time, you know, like, you're not going to, I'm... I'm a pragmatist, dude yeah, <laughs> you know I'm all about like what is the most effective way of doing a thing And, and um, you know, I don't want to work out for two hours if I can get as good of a workout in 45 minutes. Yeah you know I don't want to ha- you know, have this whole plant extract tincture, thing that tastes like ass but is very close to the plant or whatever the case is, yeah. if I'm going to eat gummy bear. You know, I don't, I can guarantee I'll eat a gummy bear. You yeah, know, so the... there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to make like crap junk food just because people want to buy it. But if you're trying to integrate CBD into your life, sometimes I find like let's remove as many of those barriers, make it
0: easy as possible. Hence the idea of infusing it into coffee, making yeah. it into a gummy bear, making it into a Bengay or Tiger right. Balm esque product where like. There is multivitamins that are gummies. There are there are products for say like people who do athletic adventures and activities that know of Tiger bomb, Ben Gay, and all that. And it's like this is a a product that is understandable and right. known. And it's just like, but there are additional benefits, right?
1: That. Right. So that's kind of kind of why we've kind of gone into the other things. And honestly, dude, like I'm I'm kind of in a let's see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know what the right combo. Of products are I don't know I don't know if by trying to be everything to everyone I'm going to be nothing to no one you know like you do run those risks and I wish I had the answer and I could tell you from three years of data we're crushing it on the go like I don't know man like we're just sort of this is the adventure you know yeah I mean kind
0: of circling back and and I'm going to a topic that we said that we would talk about but like the idea is to is to Benefit our life is to take that next step forward so that we can then you know Why do we live in San Diego? Why do we, why are we here in the first place? Yeah, it's like to, to, to it's a great place to live and we're here to like make a living and make a life out of ourselves and like in order to operate on our highest Ability so that we can do all the super fun things like you were talking about like the one more wave yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And, and, like, getting in to make sure that, like, when I wake up in the morning and I drink my cup of coffee and I'm checking out the waves that, like, I feel loose. I feel good. That, like, that, that shoulder pain isn't there. Like, I put on a little bit of cream so that, like, you know, warms it up, brings the blood flow in so I can get into the water and do the thing that I find joy in. Yeah. So that I can take that next more difficult step forward.
1: Yeah, dude. That was, that was like, huge. That's That's exactly... How I would frame it, and and kind of going back to this one more wave thing. So, um, I was a, a student, I guess, with one more wave, and and over time, you know, as I started this thing, I b- believe, you know, like the best way a business can be is a is a machine that has a disproportionate influence relative to a person. I can only, as a person, as an individual, influence the world. In so many ways. But as a, as a company, you can influence the world. You have a much bigger impact on the world, for better or worse. You can have an oil spill like BP and just really fuck shit up. Or you can be like a Patagonia or something where you're, where you're changing people's lives. And so knowing that a, a business is, is a vehicle for change, um, I, I figured, I, what is the change that I want to make? And I know myself. Maybe better than I know other things and about the world, and I found that one more way was a huge impact in my life, and so why not make the thing that i'm doing um like synergistic with their mission and yeah. their mission's all about um addressing veteran suicide by you know like let like just one more wave there's always there's always one more wave um you know like let's let's Go get another day. Like, just wait till tomorrow because it'll be one more way. That's like your reason for kind of hanging on. And um, I think that that is – that's exactly what I want to be spending my effort. And and yes, I want to meet my financial obligations and live the life I want to live and yada, yada, yada. But um, like you were saying earlier, why are there so many middle to upper class white people killing themselves is because – We have a society that has trained you to believe that dollars and cents are the ultimate uh, scoreboard. This is how you value your worth and how you value. And I think that's wrong. I think it, I mean, you will physically feel better when you stop giving a shit about yourself and you start caring and focusing on somebody else's well-being. And when you do that, and when the reason that i have to go get up and sell coffee in the morning isn't to upgrade my car or move out of my one bedroom into a two bedroom it's because hey i'm not i'm going to affect someone's life today maybe i can you know there's this uh, one dude on instagram uh instagram's name prone to ride and he's a uh para or a, yeah paraplegic um, surfer and I sent him a bag initially just kind of like hey, you know, like this is he's a surfer he, a deal. Yeah. and um, he loves my coffee and orders it now all the time and I like send him, and I'm just like That to me is that's why you won't kill yourself Jordan, you know that if you continue to make an impact on people on, in someone's life like that to where they're like Thank you for doing this thing. We really like what you're doing. We like that you're supporting this cause and that you're improving people's lives that's, it's doesn't matter what you're doing, dude. That is me. It, it immediately attributes meaning and purpose to what your life is, and everything else. Just like it's easy, man. As long as you're surviving and like you're you're taking care of the things, you know. Having financial hardship, that's tough. That's like a, you know, it's very hard to focus on a lot of other things. But once you can, the weird thing about it, dude, too, is like once as I started like really focusing, like one more wave, you know. This is what we're gonna do. We're partnering with them this doors started opening. I would um you know, not to be exploited exploitative about it because there also is like that weird fine line of like, you know, I don't want to be like, oh we give to veterans and then like, you know, you just get a bunch of shit for you. But I swear to you, dude, like, I'd hit up the guy that the guy that did that commissioned this piece yeah. did it because he was like, That's a really cool cause, you know, like I'm down to to get behind that.
0: So the people who are listening, it it is a really cool Japanese-style artwork of a...
1: The Japanese samurais. man
0: samurai but he's got like you know the U.S. Navy tattooed on him and he's got a gun and he's surfing the wave and he's got coffee in his hand and it's just like a really really cool almost iconic style like this
1: guy's named uh James Hartford. CRX on Instagram if you if anyone's interested in looking him up but he does really cool pieces he does like it's all this like Japanese style like woodblock kind oh, yeah. of prints like you know samurais and stuff like that but with like modern weapons and, like, silence, you know, <laughs> HKs and stuff. Yeah. It's, like, super cool. But, um, you know, just, just little things like that, like the marketing people that I have working for me now, too, was uh, pe- the people that are doing the marketing for One More Wave. And and um, I think people, just being a product, just being a company that's just trying to huck a product at you, yeah. there's potential short-term game. But I think in the long run, um, you're setting yourself up for more doors to be opening better alignment with uh you know stuff that you're not going to you when everything's just dollars and cents and it's all transactional like everyone's got to know what are they getting out of it you know why would i why would i commission a piece for you how much are you paying for me tit for tat everything's tit for tat but when you're like dude this isn't about me this is like uh, this is i'm a vehicle to improve this community of people um People will hop onto that idea way quicker and they're yeah. like, dude, that's super cool. I you got can it. identify with that. Yeah. It's, it's
0: hard to identify with an extra $10,000 in your bank account. Yeah. It's a lot easier to identify with like, hey, these people gave as much as they could for their country and they came back with lost limbs, lost you know, emotional stability or whatever, right? But then they found this activity of surfing. And that got them to go take one more step forward and move towards bettering themselves and creating a better future for themselves in this holistic manner of, you know, everything that we're doing
1: here. Yeah, yeah. And maybe those people will, that, you know, what you did will affect that person in a way that they're going to find yeah. a cure to something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it all kind of goes down the, the butterfly line. Effect. The butterfly effect. It's hard to see what your actions ripple outward but if you're just doing the best that you can to improve the people's lives that you can affect i think that you're gonna physically feel better psychologically you'll feel better and the universe finds a way to reward that dude it really it really kind of does like you you'll be taken care of in whatever cosmology you believe you know
0: well, um, to be respectful of your time, and, yeah. and you do need to go to school in less than an hour now. Are you calling
1: me stupid? <laughs> you're the one saying you're going back to school, bro. I don't know, bro. dude. Or... <laughs> don't, don't turn this <laughs> I don't on need me. Don't <laughs> at the end of your
0: <laughs> You're an ass. <asshole. laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, wrapping this up of this amazing conversation <laughs> um, is any kind of parting thoughts you know ideas that you want to pass along
1: yeah let me uh before i start plugging all my shit i would just say starting a business is very hard uh well starting it's not hard but making it work is really hard and um if you but if you if there's something that you're into or that you have this idea for like I think the what makes it so hard, or what makes so many people fail, is that it's this like short-term gratification. People want to be like, I started this business and now it's super successful and like great, good for me. Like, yeah, it just it doesn't really work like that. It like it's it's a it's a slog, dude. You are in this. And there are days where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I wasting all my time, wasting all my money? Like, I should be, uh, well, you know, what skill, what other job could I be getting at this point? What other skill set could I be progressing in? And at the end of the day, like, the you have to have a, I don't know, you got to be kind of stupid. Honestly. <laughs> you got to just be like, okay, with just like putting your head down and slogging it out and not worrying about what other people think because, you know, like my, my girlfriend, she's a financial advisor. Um, she's, uh, she owns her own firm now, but she's worked for all the banks and and she makes really good money. And like, I'm like a part-time barista, part-time student, and I'm over here hocking gummies and coffee on the side, you know, like I'll, so, so it's like, it's hard if you if you look at it like that and be like oh fuck i'm a loser like i gotta you know i better just you know conform conform and 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 fall in line um that's going to be the reason why your business fails not because it can't succeed you know i think there's people people tend to look at like oh you're never going to be the starbucks you're never going to be a dude if you had 0.2 percent of the calif just california marketplace you would be a millionaire of Starbucks uh, yeah. yeah I mean of, of anything if, yeah, you, yeah. if you have 2% of The GP of California 0.2% of it Whatever Look at how big the market is For CBD yeah. A fraction of that dude yeah. You will be fine Quit, Don't comment things From this perspective Of scarcity yeah. Oh I got a cold mine Because if, if I don't take it You're going to take it No nah, man There's plenty it's There's plenty, plenty to go around. around There really is man And And help each other out And people will help you out uh, have be a mission driven like work towards a cause and um and then i don't know man just kind of take it day by day like just who knows what will happen but i feel good about what i'm doing and i like the direction that my life is going in and that's all i can really say so hell yeah so follow me on uh, instagram wind and sea coffee check out my site uh wind shit that's it that's all i got that's awesome
0: yeah, that's it well thank you so much uh, please check out Jordan and all of his awesome opportunities and uh, buy some of his coffee buy some of his stuff it's really good stuff buy I've actually buddy. had <laughs> I've had all of it You're and um, <laughs> support it uh, keep being awesome everybody and uh, we'll talk to you all soon
1: thanks Greg